0: Hello, hello, my darlings, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with My Higher Self. Today, we have a very interesting, very important topic, a foundational topic of sorts. Today, we're going to be talking about Venus. This has been a long time coming for me. I love the topic of Venus. Uh, This one has been requested, so I'm finally getting to it. If you requested this episode, you know who you are. Thank you for requesting it. But prior to diving deep, why don't we do and take care of a couple of housekeeping items. First things first, if you are meditating with me on our Sacred Universe podcast, you are amazing. Thank you for it. If you are unaware, I have a whole other podcast on meditations, guided journeys, meditations um, that we upload every week on Sundays. Um, so if you haven't checked it out, please do. We upload a whole range of journeys and meditations from fairly basic ones to all kinds of ascension codes and cosmic codes and past life regression stuff. So you're going to enjoy it. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, you should. I am at This Is Maria, Maria with a Y, M-A-R-I-Y-A. That one gets new content every Wednesday. Um, Above and beyond the recording, the visual recording, uh, the video recording of this podcast. Last but not least, my book is out. It is available on Amazon. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation, An Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. And it is all about using energy and energy work to create and build the life of your dreams. Um, It contains 72 keys dispersed throughout the book. It is meant to be consumed one key a day and it has a very robust theoretical part as well as the practical part where you can tag along and uh, the intention is for you to do the exercises, do the practices in the book to help you become a master manifester. That is the intention of the book. For those of you that have already purchased my book, I'm sending you a big, big warm hug and a thank you um, yeah, and keep sending me feedback on the book. Let me know what you think if you've been reading it. I always love hearing from you. All right, without further ado, why don't we start diving into Venus? Now, the good and the bad news is, as I was scanning the human collective, looking at how familiar humanity is with the topic of Venus, I didn't really find much beyond those people that are into astrology. Nobody really too much about venus that is not necessarily top of mind unlike mercury retrograde that is somehow going mainstream so the reason this is a blessing and a curse is because if you have heard of venus and if you're into astrology today i'm going to provide you with yet another perspective today we're going to start connecting the dots so hopefully you're also going to learn something new for you for yourself and if you're not into astrology and the topic of venus is completely new for you good news you guys because today you're going to learn All you need to know for your spiritual practice uh, around Venus, why you should care, why this is one of those pivotal planets, especially for right now, at this juncture in the evolution of humanity. And obviously, per usual, I'm going to be giving you a couple of very practical exercises on, on and around tapping the energy of Venus in your daily life and in your meditations. So... That's really the agenda for today. And let's get started. Venus is one of those very, very, very special planets for many reasons. The spirit, the soul, that gives Venus its consciousness is one of the more ancient spirits in the entire Milky Way galaxy. It is an ancient soul that came and essentially had a pact at one point, had a pact with the founders, the founding group of souls that created the Milky Way galaxy. And so Venus, or the should I say the spirit that gives Venus its power, initially created a pact or sacred contract with the founders of the Milky Way that it is going to be one of the foundational slash teacher slash mentor slash guru energies for the entire Milky Way. Now, it wasn't meant to be the teacher for everything under the sun. It was meant to be the teacher of, of a very particular kind of frequency, specifically a facet of the energies of the Divine Mother, that it was meant to come in and anchor into the fabric of existence within the Milky Way galaxy. And so the spirit that is Venus is incarnated on multiple planets uh, throughout the Milky Way, both in, you know, the center of the Milky Way as well as the outskirts. And it plays a very pivotal and a very critical role within the solar system that we all know and love. And as we are peeling off the layers, of its mission, the mission of the spirit, we can start understanding its purpose and how we can better work with it to foster our own evolution, our own development. There is such a thing in cosmos, if you will, called the evolutionary arc. And I'm gonna start very far and very broad per usual, and then I'm gonna start bringing it home for you guys so that it is relevant to your lives. Very often, evolution doesn't come and doesn't happen overnight. Evolution is a gradual process. Sometimes it's a painful process that takes multiple incarnations, multiple timelines, multiple planning sessions around, you know, even the one particular facet of, uh, aspect of evolution. So it is a painstakingly slow process. Very often, it can be divided into stages. And one way to think about any kind of evolution is that that evolution has an arc, an arc or step ladder. I know arcs and step ladders are not necessarily the same thing, but if you imagine an arc that also is a step ladder at the same time, that's gonna be a very, very good proxy for evolution. Because every time you climb up a step, it essentially opens up a whole new vantage point for you and what wasn't possible for you in the past is going to start to be possible for you in the future. So that's that. Also, in terms of the arc of evolution, very often you start at the very bottom, right? With, you know, if you were um, essentially trying to get into um, a very evolved flower, you would start with one petal, right? And that would be your first stepping stone. And then you eventually add petal by petal by petal and you have a full flower and that is considered to be the finishing point the culmination the core crux the final step of your evolutionary journey now i have said it in the past episodes if you have been with me uh, i'll say this again because this is kind of critical information the milky way galaxy is a very interesting galaxy within the fabric of existence It is inhabited, it is run by a female spirit. So essentially the Milky Way galaxy is a galaxy that would be considered feminine. However, its challenge within the realm of the feminine galaxies is quite unique. It is trying to take a flip, it's trying to transition and transform itself from a masculine polarity into the feminine polarity. So essentially, when the Milky Way galaxy got created what ended up happening was despite the fact that a female spirit was chosen to run it and the female spirit was like a female soul was chosen to inhabit it and preside over it the way the energies were originally stacked were towards more masculinity So the Milky Way started its own evolutionary process at 90% masculine energies and 10% feminine energies with the idea that with time it's going to flip polarities into 90% femininity and 10% masculinity. That is the arc of the Milky Way. That is the path of the journey of the evolution of our galaxy. That being said, as above, so below. So if you are watching something transpire, at a macro level, there are always multiple layers within the microcosm that that is also true. And so essentially, whatever is true for the entire Milky Way galaxy would, with a very high degree of probability, be true for each individual facet or, if you will, fractal of that reality, each individual particle or piece or cell of that, you know, grander organism. In this particular case, the solar system that you guys are all familiar in with and that we all live in. The solar system is a microcosm that belongs to the macrocosm of the Milky Way galaxy. It is essentially a fractal. So when the solar system got created, it, its polarity was very similar to where the Milky Way started. It was 90% masculine energies and only a little bit 10% feminine. And so, I'm gonna start bringing it home for you, so you guys understand, you know, where this is all going. Because so far we haven't really spoken about Venus all that much, have we? So when you're anchoring a particular energy, in this in this case, feminine, right? When you're trying, when you're going into an ecosystem that is vastly masculine, and you're trying to introduce more femininity, the first thing you need is a very strong feminine anchor. That is predominant. Like that is your number one prerequisite. That is a must-have. That is a nice-to-have. And so that is the first thing that you need. And then that anchor needs to be so strong, so potent, so wise almost, that it can jumpstart the whole process of evolution and that it can pull enough weight and create enough momentum for, you know, uh, in its own vicinity and for other beings coming into its vicinity. That it jump-starts the whole evolutionary process and starts essentially the arc and creates an arc of ascension for femininity. So the first domino, the first feminine planet that got established in the solar system was Venus. It It got fully anchored into the fabric of the solar system. And so the spirit that is Venus descended into the Milky Way system, and that was the, sorry, not the Milky Way, into the solar system. And that was the first domino, the first feminine energy that was supposed to start shifting the tides, that was supposed to start shifting the vibrations and the pendulum away from masculinity back into femininity. It was designed so that there would be other planets and planetary consciousness consciousnesses that could build upon what venus accomplished in the solar system and could serve as domino two and three and potentially down the road other dominoes however all of that work was meant to be established upon what venus created here which was the first anchor for divine feminine energies and here's when we're going to start bringing it home so essentially planet Venus, the role that it plays in the solar system is the same role that it will play in your own body if you start to take it that into even a smaller microcosm, right? Because again, going back to the law of correspondences is above so below, whatever is happening in the Milky Way is the same thing that is happening in the solar system. Whatever is happening in the solar system is the same thing that's happening within your own body. And that's where we come full circle with whatever's happening in the Milky Way is also happening within your own body. That being said, you are going through your own evolutionary path with Venus being one of your teachers. So by the virtue of you incarnating on planet Earth, if planet Venus is the teacher, the guru, the mentor of divine femininity and divine feminine energies, within the solar system, chances are it's one of your unspoken gurus as well. It's, the question is, have you been learning from it or not? That's really going to define your path. So if you think about your own body, specifically the energy body, and of the seven chakras, there are three that are considered feminine. That is your sacral, that is your heart, And that is your third eye. These are the three feminine chakras in your body. The first of them being sacral. Sacral is the orange chakra. That is your second chakra. It is located essentially in your lower belly area. So Venus being that first domino, not only did it start anchoring the energies of femininity, but it also became the sacral chakra of the solar system. That is the number one, or should I say the first thing that you really need to get clear around Venus. So the energies of Venus are the energies of the cosmic sacral caliber. So essentially, whatever Venus is responsible for in the cosmos, in the solar system, she can help donate to you so that you can bring those energies into your sacral, into your sacred womb space. Uh, Now, probably a sacred womb space is more relatable to women or your lower abdominal area if you're a guy. And what that would enable for you is a lot of healing, a lot of clearing, a lot of cleansing, and a lot of upgrades in this area of your body then you know what ends up um, and you know maybe let's take a quick step back and then we're going to go right back into venus the next planet in the in the ascension cycle right because we have three feminine chakras right so there's got to be other planets that are responsible for other feminine chakras Um, i don't think it's going to come as much of a surprise to you guys if i told you that gaia planet earth is responsible for the heart center So that is that next feminine chakra over, the heart center. So that's what our planet is responsible for. Granted, Gaia is a younger spirit, all things considered. And motherhood is a little bit of a new lesson for Gaia. That's why Gaia surrounds itself with a lot of very established, very experienced, shall we say, uh, mentors. Venus being one and the moon being the other or the consciousness of the moon right? Because everything is consciousness. And the moon has the physical body, just like every other planet has the consciousness. So both of these energies are considered mentors for Gaia. However, that being said, as you're going on through your own arc of ascension, right, Um, You're going to have to move from lower chakras to higher chakras. That is the unfortunate truth. And so does the Milky Way and so does the solar system. So you have to move from lower to higher energies. And it would be quite impossible for us collectively to step into the energies of the heart if we first did not address the sacral. And that is where we go back to Venus. So Venus, you know, is the Roman goddess of love and pleasure and a lot of other things. And of course that is a good proxy for what the spirit of Venus, the cosmic spirit of Venus is also responsible for. However, as we're talking about Venus and drawing the connection to the sacral energies, whatever your sacral chakra is all about are the energies that Venus calls home. That is her domain. And so I think it is very important to make a distinction here. Venus is not about um, motherly love, if you will. Um, It is not necessarily about, you know, unconditional love of other or compassion because that is mostly the heart area. That is mostly Gaia as the mother archetype. Venus is very much the maiden. And as the maiden or the lover archetype, if you will, her love and the love that she governs is more sensual, right? Or romantic love, if you will. Although because the spirit of Venus is just so ancient, just because this is the outfit that she chose to wear within our particular small, smaller pocket of the ecosystem doesn't mean that Venus is unaware of or does not hold within herself the other energies. In fact, the spirit of Venus is so ancient that she has already, like as a spirit, that spirit has already integrated and encapsulated the entirety of the spectrum of the Divine Mother energies. And so uh, that spirit almost became like an endless ocean, an infinite ocean of Motherly sorry not motherly divine uh, divine motherly energies the energies of the divine mother and so that spirit can top into the different facets of the divine mother as occasion calls and in this particular case Venus came as the teacher for our sacral so what else does Venus govern in our bodies Um, Venus concerns itself with everything that is related to beauty and harmony. Um, So taking things that are out of tune, out of alignment, out of harmony, and bringing them back into the original vibration, bringing them back into alignment, bringing them back into um, authenticity, like almost like if everything and we, we know everything has a vibration, but if everything had a sound, you know, you would have the core authentic th- sound of every single thing in existence, and then you would have a sound that is distorted. The reason the distortion happens could be trauma, karma, you know, choices, right, that, that you make, and all kinds of other things that are in the way, like any type of resistance would essentially tarnish or slightly distort the original sound. So what Venus concerns itself with is bringing vibrations that are suboptimal, bringing vibrations that are aching, ailing, hurting, and bringing them back into the state of perfection, essentially, right? So in some ways, uh, Venus is going to be concerned with healing and health, Uh, Venus is going to be concerned with things like beauty, right? Because beauty is a form of harmonization of the environment. Another very pivotal concept that is of the realm of Venus is the golden ratio. So the golden ratio is a concept within the the mathematical field, the architectural field, the musical field that, I mean, originally does stem from the mathematics where essentially there is um and it is also connected to the fibonacci sequence so it is the perfect proportion the golden ratio is the ratio of god if you will a source consciousness it is the ratio where that is considered to be perfect or as close to perfect by the creator of everything in in reality and that ratio could be essentially infused into anything in creation from a flower to a symphony, to an um, architectural building, like a building, a palace, to um, a name, to a sound, you know, you name it. And so there are things that, for instance, our, let's say like you would look at a beautiful person. The reason somebody would appear to be beautiful to you is because of proportion. Um, Essentially beautiful people have very proportionate faces and they are built according to the golden ratio. Um, The prettiest people, very often, on the earth, if you were to calculate their different ratios between like their, you know, how deep set their eyes are and, you know, the proportions of their nose to the rest of their face, etc., you would find the Fibonacci sequence in there, which is the golden ratio. Um, And that is essentially how our eye perceives beauty. So everything that is built according to the golden ratio, whether that is a human, like I said, the symphony, a song a building we would just observe and we would as humans, we would just perceive as beautiful, but there is a mathematical description and a mathematical rationale for why things are beautiful. And again, it is because they um, vibrate at the laws of um, harmonic frequencies approved by source, so to say. So Venus is the planet that has enough energy and potency and wisdom and ability. To take anything that is out of alignment out of the perfect vibration essentially things that are ugly diseased or maybe not diseased but at least um sickly sickly or um, out of tune and using the energies that it has bringing them back to equilibrium bringing them back to perfect harmony bringing them back to beauty So beauty is another thing that Venus concerns itself with a great deal. Relationships is something that Venus concerns itself with as well. Family ties, lineages, all of that lives in the sacral. Um, The ties between uh, future and present, and present um, and past, like the continuity, because that again is very connected to lineages. So Venus is always concerned with ancestral healings, with relationships between, you know, mothers and children and, um, you know, um, parents and children in general, not just mothers, but she does. Um, she's, you know, most, most, like if you think about Venus, her original calling was to teach the female side of reality, And so obviously Venusian energies are going to appeal a lot more to your own feminine side um, within your body, as well as to women, right? So she's the patron saint, if if you will, of women and uh, the feminine within you. So um, Venus does concern uh, herself a lot with relationships. Um, She concerns herself a lot with clearing out the karma of lineages to bring everything back to equilibrium, to bring everything back into beauty. That is why very often if you have a lot of trauma around childbirth or child rearing or motherhood or fatherhood in general, Venus could be a really, really good planet to connect to because all of that trauma lives in your sacral area. All of that pain, all of that suffering, all of the inconsistencies, all of the distortions live in your sacral And so Venus is the perfect healer for the sacral. So that's that. Venus is also all about creativity. Creativity and flow, those are the other two things that it concerns with, uh, uh, that it is concerned with because it is the master of the sacral energies. So getting that inspiration to create, feeling good express yourself through a creative process, whether that is song, whether that is dance, whether that is poetry, whatever that is, you know, whatever your version of self-expression is, Venus is here to foster that. Venus is here to inspire you to do more. And that is also why a creative process is actually an incredibly healing process. Because those two things go hand in hand, creativity and health go hand in hand. In fact, people people who create live longer, healthier lives compared to the people that don't create and just consume. Creation is a form of self-expression. Self-expression allows us to always discover new facets within ourselves instead of getting stuck. One of the primary reasons for sickness is the lack of forward movement in a particular aspect of your life like the the experience or the predicament of being stuck in one area of your life or another sometimes it's being stuck with a particular emotion sometimes it's being stuck with a particular thought form sometimes it's being stuck with a particular trauma so when there's no flow there is the absence of flow and sickness comes through right so that's why for people that create they're able to actually move through the stuck energies a lot quicker right? Um, and they're able to move through the energies that are particular uh, that are particularly suboptimal before they manifest into a physical ailment. So it is actually paramount for, for you. If you have a chronic disease um, or if you're worried about developing one, uh, or let's say you have a particular chronic illness that runs in your family and you're like, how do I make sure that this doesn't happen to me? Beyond like regular, not regular, beyond shadow work, beyond parts work, and beyond understanding what is it about your lineage that caused that to become and healing that. Another thing that I would recommend is getting a creative hobby. Or if it's not a hobby, it could be a job also, but getting yourself into a creative flow, whatever your version of creativity, you know, is you know, maybe it's painting, maybe it's pottery, maybe it is knitting, it doesn't really matter, just find something like an outlet, like a creative outlet. And I just, I just, uh, just sense that literally like half of humanity um, was not paying attention because somehow in the collective human consciousness, a creative outlet, a creative expression, uh, like the ones it just described is supposed to be the feminine thing. Men completely tuned out. They're like, whoa, 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 let me just watch, you know, maybe watch sports. That's like a masculine thing to do. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how fast you can evolve at soul level if you choose a creative hobby for yourself as a guy, as a man. You would be surprised. How much healthier, happier you would be, how much better off you would be, how much more better off. So, that's that. So, Venus rules creativity, Venus rules sexuality, right? So if you have any trauma around sexuality, Venus is also a really, really good teacher. She can hold the space for you to go through the healing, whatever that may be. Any kind of, you know, even if that's sexual abuse or what have you, she can hold the space and she can be there for the entirety of your healing, soup to nuts, A to Z. She's just that strong. We've already spoken about relationships. Um, Another part, another aspect that Venus can help with, really, is a relationship with self. Because all relationships start with our own relationship to ourselves. In fact, I would dare to say that unless you have a healthy relationship with yourself, it would be extremely hard for you to have healthy relationships with others. By healthy, I don't just mean long-lasting for instance or happy relationships but um, you know relationships where boundaries exist relationships where you're not being abused or taken advantage of or you're not abusing or taking advantage of another where it's like a pure harmonious relationship so venus concerns itself a lot with a positive self-concept because everything starts with you and your relationship with yourself. So how do you speak to yourself? How do you cater to yourself? How do you fill up your cup first? And if that is even something that is top of mind for you, that is all the realm of Venus. Venus is also all about indulgences. It's all about the joie de vivre. So the know that zest for life and catching the moment and adventure seizing the day she loves pleasure but i think when we're um i think pleasure as a concept has been really reduced in the modern society to just a few very basic things venus is pleasure on steroids like venus has you know is able to get pleasure from the mundanest of things like standing Outside in nature and feeling the air ruffle your hair, that would be an example of pleasure. As you know, as it relates to the Venusian energies, right? So, because Venus is the patron saint, the patron goddess of pleasure, anybody seeking to build a relationship with Venus is going to be faced with a very important, very fundamental question. Like, what are the things that make me happy? And what are the little treats, the little indulgences, the little things that I can get for myself on a regular basis that make me happy, even if temporarily, or that bring me joy? So, that is actually a very central concept for Venus as well. And probably the last thing I'm going to touch upon is flow. So, when uh, people say, Are you in the flow? Are you not in the flow? this type of flow very often is managed by venus so being in the flow is actually being in in harmony with your inner waters and venus is one of the planets that helps us navigate our inner waters our inner depth Um, so it's also connected to the flow and, and, and actually governs being in the flow a lot more than Any other planet apart from maybe the moon so the moon and venus kind of like both um, are extremely instrumental in getting us to the state of flow so anytime you're practicing true magnetism as in instead of going out into the world and working really hard and long hours and hustling for the things that you want being able to magnetize them to you that starts in our sacral our most magnetic chakra outside of probably the heart is our sacral the vortex of magnetism that venus can help you create within your own body the vortex that would attract all the things that you want to you quite effortlessly is unlike almost anything else that you can experience and so if you're seeking to feel into what true magnetism is building a relationship with Venus is paramount. Okay. So we quickly dove into what Venus is all about. We quickly spoke about the role that it plays in the solar system. Now let's look at Venus, the planet itself, because essentially it has two major aspects that we need to concern ourselves with. The first one is the morning star. This aspect of Venus is also called Lucifer. The second is the evening star. And that aspect of the star is called Vesper. So essentially Venus, as it relates to planet earth, right. Uh, you know, um, which is what what we should concern ourselves with. Right. And the reason that we should concern concern ourselves with how Venus shows up in the relationship to planet earth is because this, this is how it shows up to us as our teacher right? Because again, Venus is a very, very multifaceted being. It is a very multifaceted planet. If we have enough time, I'll tell you, you know, all about how multifaceted she is. But specifically the aspect of Lucifer and the aspect of Vesper, and when I say Lucifer, I mean this in the context of Venus. Please don't take me to Satan right now, because that's not what this is. (laughs) Um, So um, those two aspects are you know visible from planet earth right so Venus is a morning star from the perspective of the observer on the planet earth as well as sometimes she's the evening star from the perspective of the observer of planet earth so essentially within remember how I told you Venus technically in the solar system plays the aspect of the maiden right because it's actually the the younger girl before she becomes the mother here in the uh, in the heart center, we have the lover and the maiden that is just open to all experiences and is just, you know, wants to experience pleasures. Um, that is very much Venus archetype. And that is very much Lucifer, the morning star um, aspect of Venus. Uh, the morning star is the maiden. The morning star uh, aspect of Venus is someone that comes from a clean, you know uh, with a clean slate, somebody who's willing to learn somebody who is open-minded, somebody who's like a sponge, somebody who doesn't take themselves or the world too seriously. The aspect of Venus that is Lucifer is the first torch. She is the first torch. She's one of the most high vibrational of all the fires. Venus is actually a very hot planet. And by being the first torch, working with the aspect of Venus that is, the morning star could help you jumpstart any new project, any new movement, a family, or if you're pregnant with a baby, it can set the baby up for success. So the morning star is all about new beginnings. It's all about setting foundations for something amazing and bigger than life. It is all about, you know, taking that first step. It's all about, you know, making the choice, taking the risk, going for it. And it is a little bit of the aspect of, if you guys love tarot, this is the fool um, in the major arcana. This is the the happy-go-lucky person, being, that is not concerned yet with the hardships of life. It has this beautiful, youthful naivete. And so when we're working with the morning star aspect of Venus, that is actually her pink state energetically this aspect feels pink. You could have practices and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit later. You could connect with just the morning star aspect of planet Venus if you would like a blessing or if you would like guidance around anything new that you're starting. So again, this is a very resourceful part of the Venusian energies that can literally help you and, and help catapult you or jump start you into a direction Uh, like a new direction in life. Um, This is especially resourceful. This energy is especially helpful if you're starting to pursue your dream, your purpose or your calling, despite all odds, right? Imagine you were stuck at a corporate job and now you're like, I think I'm ready to do what I came here to this planet to do. You would want to talk to Venus, specifically the morning star aspect, right? The, The first torch. So that's that. Second is the evening star aspect. The evening star aspect is planet Venus having gone through her personal arc through collecting a lot of experiences and re-emerging on the other side as the crone archetype. So the evening star is the wisest part of Venus. That is Venus that is connected to the energy of wisdom, to the energies of Sophia, to the energies of the Divine Mother that just have such an innate and deep understanding of how life works, and how matter works, and um, how energy works, that everything becomes incredibly intuitive. So whereas the morning star of Venus was the first torch, the evening star aspect of Venus is the last torch. This is the completion of the cycle. This is where you give thanks for the harvest. This is a point where you need to bring something to fruition. I don't know, for instance, you have been working on a particular project for so long and it's really hard to complete it, really hard to get it across the finish line. You may want to get a blessing from the evening star of Venus. Or for instance, you've been building a company and you want to sell it and you really want A force like a cosmic force to help you with that last final stretch that would be Venus. Venus can by the way also help you uh, propel your creations into stardom that's uh, actually one of the maybe lesser obvious benefits of the evening star of the Vesper archetype Uh, because essentially once you bring something to a completion say you wrote a book or I don't know you uh, created a course for somebody or a new methodology or something, Uh, because this is the energy of completion and also because of the wisdom and inherent knowledge and understanding of uh, Vesper, uh, the crone part of Venus, she knows how to get it to the next stage. She knows how to take your creation and turn it into, let's say, a bestseller or something that has smashing success. That is just the beauty of of Venus. So. The morning star aspect, the Lucifer aspect of Venus is pink. The evening star is blue. So essentially Venus is actually blue and pink, etherically, energetically, right? Not necessarily the color of the planet. That's not, I'm not referring to the physical shell of the planet right now. So if you are working or if you would like to work with the evening star or the morning star aspect of Venus, here's what you would do. You would imagine, and you would, by the way, you would want to do it one at a time. You would imagine Venus right in front of you, right? So in a meditative state, you would close your eyes and you would imagine planet Venus right in front of you. You don't necessarily have to concern yourself with what it looks like. You can just imagine it as a sphere of white light. Can't go wrong. And then you would greet Venus And you would start with deep breaths connecting your sacral area your sacral your second chakra from the bottom to the heart of planet venus to the core of planet venus so every planet has a heart i hope that that's not a surprise so you would imagine a crystal right in the middle of the sphere that represents venus There is a diamond crystal in there that represents the heart of the planet. And so with your breath, you would send out a deep breath into the heart of Venus, into this diamond that is located right in the center of the planet. And then what she would send you back is beautiful orange energies. And so on um, on the inhale, you would Absorb those orange energies and send them to your uh, sacral area and then you would keep breathing. So you would uh, breathe out Send the energy to the heart of Venus and then breathe in the orange energies So you would want to do that cycle ten times to align your body with the energies of Venus and then you would make an intention to connect with a morning star aspect of Venus And you would want to see, you would want to watch how Venus right in front of you is turning pink. Now, the morning star, the Lucifer aspect to Venus, belongs and works with the left side of your body. The Vesper, the evening star aspect to Venus, works with the right side of your body. And that's really the only difference. So if you are seeking for assistance... From the morning star in this particular case because we're working with the pink energies here's what you would want to imagine you would want to imagine that venus creates a carbon copy of itself like it duplicates there was one now there's two and you would want to imagine how this pink planet is starting to travel up uh sorry down (laughs) down from venus um getting inside of your crown area. So literally getting inside of your body and then traveling down the left side of your body, dropping into your sacral. And so essentially when this pink bubble, when this pink planet drops into the sacral area, you would want to start breathing here really, really deeply into your sacral. And as you're breathing, you want to expand Um, the sphere that is Venus so with every on every um, out breath on every exhale you would want to imagine that sphere expand and then contract again and then expand right so it's almost like the planet is breathing inside of your belly and from here you would ask Venus for help with a new project a blessing for perhaps a new child or new endeavor you can ask her for courage This is also a good time to connect with the consciousness of Venus and get her input or get her advice or feedback on something that you're doing. Uh, It'll enable the planet to provide you with insights around something. So it all happens again in the sacral. If you're working with the evening star aspect, the process is very much the same, only in front of you, At the very beginning of this exercise, you would imagine a blue Venus in front of you. And as you're duplicating the planet, and that planet, the carbon copy of Venus, descends from your crown center, it needs to descend um, along the right side of your body, also dropping into the sacral, but it is gonna bypass, it's gonna pass through the right side of your body. By the way, you can drop both aspects of planet Venus into the same sacral area. And you're going to have both of them integrated. Having both of these things integrated, uh, both the morning star and the evening star aspect of Venus beyond the things that are just connected to the two polarities, give you the fusion of Venus, give you the best of both worlds. And essentially when the left aspect, the morning star comes together with the right aspect, the evening star, They fuse together. You can imagine as they're fusing together inside of your sacral. And they're becoming one sphere of white light. It's like there's like this explosion of white light. And another thing that I suggest you do when that happens is a full cleanse, a full healing process of your sacral chakra and the area of your lower belly or uh, the womb area. Specifically karmic cleanse as well as ancestral cleanse um, when you're working with the energy of venus the bonus of the good part is that you actually don't always even need to understand the why behind things meaning venus can help you clear up the blockages even if you don't understand what your particular flavor of trauma is so just enable and allow it to work inside of your womb area inside of your lower belly Just imagine how Venus as this white sphere of light is starting to first clear away all like the large blockages of darkness, any splotches of our uh, large um, areas of concentration of darkness or any debris, um, any, anything that doesn't look, um, healthy, right? Just enable the energy of Venus to clean it up. And what you would want to imagine is that the sphere is rotating. And, you know, as it is rotating, it's clearing away anything that no longer belongs. Um, If you're a female, it is also very nice to actually imagine um, how your womb is being healed, Uh, like every single organ, you know, from your ovaries to, uh, you know, the fallopian tubes and everything. Don't want to get too much into the female anatomy. I'm sure you know what it looks like. Just imagine that Venus is traveling kind of like up and down the fallopian tubes, clearing anything, as well as also, uh, you know, um, Venus is really, really good for reproductive health. Male, female, doesn't really matter, right? So if there are any issues around reproductive health, or if you cannot get pregnant, or you're worried about your fertility or something, Venus is your girl. I kid you not, both genders, by the way, right? So you may want to first, Allow the energies of Venus to descend into your sacral and then keep Venus there overnight. Uh, By keep Venus there, I mean just have an intention to go through an overnight healing. Just ask Venus to perform a healing for your reproductive system overnight and it will do so. And um, it's actually best to repeat the healing if, if there is some serious block around your reproductive health. You may want to do that around seven times. That is the magic number around how many times you want to repeat the same healing for it to start taking effect in the physical. Um, So again, um, if you're just working with healing your reproductive health, you would just imagine planet Venus as one aspect, this uh, sphere of white light in the sky. You don't need to concern yourself with the blue and pink aspects. You would absorb a carbon copy of Venus into your crown and you would take it down chakra by chakra by chakra, dropping this carbon copy of Venus into your sacral area. Here, you would want to imagine that um, your sacral area is actually an ocean of orange light. Uh, It's an orange ocean. And then you would want to imagine that Venus is rotating, it's like a white rotating sphere at the very top of the ocean. And as it is rotating it's sending its light to the every little nook and cranny, to every single aspect, to every single corner, if you will, every single cell of your sacral area of your lower abdomen. And as that light penetrates into every dark cell and every dark corner, you want to see how it's flipped and darkness becomes light. And the things that were black and gray and brown and ugly green and yellow are turning pure fluorescent diamond-esque white. So that is the clearing of Venus. You may also notice that Venus wants to naturally go or gravitate to a particular part within your body or within your um, sacral space. Allow it to do so. That probably means that that is a part of your body that requires the most help. And requires the most um healing at this point in time now i know we have been talking so much about the fact that venus is actually all about sacral energies and it is true one thing i will tell you is venus again going back to my original point is an incredibly ancient spirit it has so many um abilities it is not a one-trick pony And it can provide healing for essentially any aspect, any and every aspect of your body. Because the first and uh, foremost, the most important thing to remember about Venus is that it came as our um, planetary teacher to teach us about self-love, to teach us about beauty and harmony and creativity and pleasure. And to heal us and cleanse us and allow us to move past our own limitations and the limitations of our gender, the limitations of our age, the limitations of our ancestral lines, the limitations of our race, whatever our limitations are, Venus can help us move beyond those because it is a great equalizer, it's a great harmonizer. So once you start small and establish the relationship with planet Venus, how I just described today, this is just the very first baby step. This is just the beginning of your journey. You can get Venus and the consciousness of Venus to be one of your spirit guides. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you do that. Venus brought within itself massive potential for teaching and healing into The solar system. So it actually has the ability to take on thousands upon thousands of souls as its mentees. So Venus is actually very open to working with you in a spirit guide capacity. And if that is the case, she can teach you things that are so beyond the sacral that it would blow your mind. Here's one thing I'll tell you about Venus. Venus is one of those planets that actually, even numerically, numerologically, takes up the entire spectrum of the Divine Mother energies. Remember in one or a couple of our past episodes, I told you that there are essentially three most important feminine numbers. Two, five and eight. And they essentially represent the entirety of the arc of of the Divine Mother. Venus has strong ties to each of them. Two, because it is the second chakra from the bottom. So it's the sacral chakra of the solar system, the second chakra. So that's how it owns two. Five, the Venusian rose uh, is a pentagram. A pentagram or a five-petal rose or a wild rose, if you will. So there is a movement that planet Venus makes. As it relates to planet Earth. And that movement, actually, you can Google it if you don't believe me. It is the, um, essentially, that movement looks like a rose or um, a flower. Uh, it's called uh, the Venusian rose, actually. And that flower has five petals. So the pentagram and the five is one of the sacred numbers for Venus. It is the number that Venus, the spirit, mastered. Eight, by the way, is the number of years in the Venusian cycle. So it takes eight years for Venus to come, roughly eight years, give or take, to come roughly the same, into the same point of the sky um, as it relates to planet Earth, uh, from the perspective of the planet Earth. So every eight years, Venus repeats its cycle. So it has mastered the numerology of eight and the numerology of infinity. Where I'm going with this is that Venus can teach you so many things across the full spectrum of the feminine energies. It is literally a blessing and it is such untapped potential for humanity. Like literally well and way below even half a percent of humanity is even aware of the blessings of Venus. And is even aware that you can actually enroll Venus in your day-to-day lives as one of your spirit guides. And so I highly, highly recommend that you attempt to build that relationship and whether you are gonna be blessed with healing, cleansing, or actual knowledge and deep wisdom because there's a lot of that with planet Venus and Vesper, um, her evening star archetype. Of course, the cat is here, why not? You're gonna be, it's gonna just, she's gonna blow your mind, is what I'm saying. Is she, you know, and by the way, she's extremely open. And right now there is a call that goes out, like out from Venus onto planet Earth. She's accepting new students. So now's your golden moment and now's your golden chance. Okay, I wanted to see if the collective had any questions for me around Venus. I know there's been a lot of information. I hope this makes sense. So um, whatever I can help with, anything that is going to serve the collective around Venus, I'm ready to receive the question. How do I know that I'm doing this right? When I'm connecting with Venus, how do I know that I'm doing this right? I'm worried that I'm not going to fully connect with a planet. Wow. Okay. First, thank you for the question. Um, a, trust yourself really with energy work. That is a prerequisite to anything and everything. If you do not trust yourself, if you do not trust your own internal system of guidance, and if you do not trust that you can direct energy, it's kind of dead in the water right? So you have to start cultivating the trust and the belief that you are doing everything right. If you want a little bit of a relief from me, here's what I could offer. The most important thing in anything is the intention to a point that when the karmic board, the entity that keeps track of all the karma in, in the universe, looks at karma and how much karma to assign for a particular activity. The number one, most important criteria is the intention of the person. Even murder, right? At face value, is like one of the most awful things you can do as a human being. What matters is not the act of murder, but the intention behind murder. Because I'll give you an example. Murdering somebody for money is gonna give you one type of karma. Murdering somebody because you were trying to protect your child holds a whole other different type of karma. So intention really matters. And why did I give you this morbid example? Here is why. When you're connecting with Venus, the number one most important thing is your intention. So putting out an intention into the universe, to connect with Venus, asking Venus for her assistance in that process, is half the battle. Truly, it is half the battle. Because when you start interacting, when you leverage, when you use your free will to ask for something, number one thing, the first thing that's going to happen is Planet Venus is going to get activated because she's going to get your remote phone call. Make no mistake, Venus is located in extreme proximity to Earth. And she is going to get your intention. She is going to get your call no matter what. And so please, if you don't trust yourself, trust the process and trust Venus as a great teacher because by the virtue of you wanting to connect with her she wants to connect back to you and she is going to guide you through this process so don't worry it's going to work out i promise you you're doing everything right um i'm ready to take another question is there anything else that i can do to deeper connect to venus thank you for this question yes so there are you know obviously there are things that you can do from a meditative state but there are other things you can surround yourself with Venusian energies so number one first thing about Venus Friday is the day of Venus make sure to acknowledge that when you wake up on a Friday make sure to acknowledge that this is the Venusian day greet Venus on her day send her send her thanks send her greetings by the way you may even choose to do an offering to the planet As you're establishing a connection with Venus, you may choose to do an offering in the same way that you would do an offering to an elemental or, I don't know, a deity. You can do an offering to the planet. What does Venus want? White rice in a little bowl, not a lot. She likes nuts, fresh nuts. Uh, Something like macadamia she likes, she likes hazelnuts. Um, She likes um, flowers, especially red. Like red rose, oh my God, she loves the red rose. Um, she loves uh, red ribbons, but don't don't give her like a ton. Just give her like a couple of inches. She loves the red ribbons. She loves water. So if you want to do an offering for, for Venus, one of the things that you could do is you can uh, fill up a bowl with water uh, and you could put uh, petals or uh, flower buds on top of the water. So she loves that and then you can even put some rice um inside there she loves some essential oils mostly floral essential oils so um, you can even sprinkle that with uh, floral essential oils whether that's white floral she loves jasmine um she loves rose obviously uh but she'll she'll take pretty much any floral essential oil um what else does she like oh she likes sound so she likes singing bowls If you have singing bowls, you know, you can make them like a small ritual. Um, She likes um, little bells. She also likes uh, little flutes. Like if you can, if you can make sounds with a flute, she's going to love that. Um, Yeah, also make sure you're barefoot for the ritual, for the offering. And as you're, you know, um, as you're doing the offering, do it on a Friday, ideally Friday morning. 9 a.m. is her favorite time If you cannot do 9 a.m. you can do um, in the evening as well that's fine 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. she's saying that's that would be her preferred time and if you can do that in nature amazing if you can't whatever you can that's fine as well for the ritual you want to wear white clothing she really loves color white and um you would want to offer her the objects the things that you brought her and uh, place both of your hands on your heart and from your heart just start communicating with her as one of your celestial mothers as one of your celestial teachers you would want to explain why you wanted to do an offering for her and you want to explain what you can do for you what you need help with what you need assistance with uh, what you would most appreciate coming out of Venus, just tell her. And please know that your offering is received. Other things that help you better connect with the energies of Venus. Uh, like I said, she loves bodies of water. So taking baths or just uh, you know swimming in large bodies of water um, as you're connecting with Venus could really help initially establish that connection better. Uh, she likes water lilies, so the lotus flower. Um, essential oils and otherwise so um, that may be helpful. Even drawing uh, lotus flowers can be helpful. Obviously she loves the rose. Uh, The wild rose um, is her symbol. So um, anytime that you know you see the rose you can make a note for yourself that this could be um, a symbol or a sign of a Venusian blessing. Um, yeah and I think that those are probably the most important ones. Uh, but also she remember how I told you she likes um, like little treats. So uh, create the things that would like the little things that would nurture your own Venusian energies. like the little indulgences, whatever makes you happy. If that is massage, make sure to schedule massage once a week once every two weeks. you know if that is reading poetry, like, you know, like you always have this indulgences, like you really don't have to do it. Um, and you, it, it really may be like, a ma- it feels like a massive waste of time, but you really love it. What are those things that are like around more like the, the, the physical arena? Is it like a particular food that makes you happy, a particular activity? Make sure to make time for that. Because one thing that is really hard to do is establish a relationship with Venus when you are in a very rigid state. When you're extremely hard on yourself, when you're in the absence of flow, when you're like, okay, schedule, 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 deadline, 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 when you're terribly in your masculine. Venus is anything but. In fact, you could not pinpoint, you could not make her keep a deadline if you wanted to. She's just too floaty. So that's that. I completely forgot one thing. Uh, Remember how I told you I'm going to teach you how to create magnetism in your sacral center? Here's how you do it you would descend into your, really quickly, because I forgot. You imagine, so you descend into your sacral, you imagine that as, as, as like a space of orange light. And then you imagine that you're dropping a carbon copy of Venus straight into your sacral, and it's starting to rotate. And as it is rotating, in the process of rotating, Venus is creating a vortex around it and a magnetic field. And that magnetic field, is starting to attract whatever you want to attract towards you. So in this moment, as you're rotating Venus inside of your sacral center, what you need to focus on are the things that you want to attract into your life. Whatever that is, better relationships, a particular, uh, energy, you know, more money, whatever that is, doesn't really matter. Venus doesn't discriminate. So you would want to imagine like the, mm, almost like a symbol of that. If you like want uh, more money, for instance, Um, you would want to imagine how money is just being magnetized into that vortex. Like more and more money, coins and like, you know, uh, and $100 bills are just falling inside of the vortex that is created by the rotation of Venus. So that is how you would actually get yourself into the state of a super attractor. And another thing that you would notice is like the more um, Venus, the more you're creating that rotation, that spin inside of your lower abdominal area, Uh, that vortex is actually becoming larger and larger and larger and eventually um, it would encapsulate your entire body and it actually feels like a downward triangle Um, so the smaller aspect of the vortex um, is at the very bottom and then the larger part of the vortex is kind of like above your head and that is what it's supposed to feel like so it's almost like your entire body um, is, is is going to be encased or encapsulated inside of the vortex and that um, is how you know you're doing the right thing and you would want to maintain that vortex in, in this practice for five to ten minutes you don't need to do it longer you would then condense that vortex you would um, actually um, minimize that to the uh, to, back to your abdominal area and you would just leave it in your sacral area In other words, you want to maintain that rotation. Don't worry about having to stop the rotation. Maintain the rotation. But you don't need to keep the vortex quite so large uh, for just, you know, every day in the background use. I think we have time for one more question. This was a tangent, but also I promise you that i would tell you how to manifest with the help of Venus. And so I did. Uh, One last question. Anything I can clarify around... The Venusian connection or anything we discussed today I'm ready to receive the question. How is Lucifer the morning star aspect connected to Lucifer the consciousness that is uh, supposed to be Satan? It's connected through the name so Lucifer, lucid, lü, means light. Um, Essentially the, the name translates as the light bringer um, if you guys remember, Lucifer was uh, and is, by the way, one of the main archangels. Um, actually, don't get me started on Lucifer. If you if you want an, an episode on Lucifer, do let me know. I may, uh, I may just do one if, if, if enough of you actually let me know and reach out. If you're watching, you know this on YouTube, let me know in the comments. Otherwise, you can always DM me on Instagram. I'm at this is Maria official. But they share a name, and they're actually also very intrinsically linked at soul level. Both spirits are very ancient. They're not one and the same spirit, and this is not one and the same being by any stretch of imagination. Those are two beings. The being uh, that is Lucifer that you guys think of when you think of Satan, that is a masculine being at this moment in time, in terms of the soul. uh, The aspect of Venus is extremely feminine. They're not one and the same being, they're very different beings. But uh, both of them have this light bringer quality, right? That first first light, the first torch, the first spark, and and they're very much pioneering energies. So um, sometimes, you would have um, beings share names. In the same way that you guys have beings share names on planet Earth, um, you have beings share names in the spirit realm as well. And so they essentially share one of their names because every soul has thousands of names. And one of the names, um, Lucifer and um, you know the, the Venus share one of those names because the functionality, the function that they have within a lot of ecosystems is very similar. So uh, Lucifer, the, the masculine spirit, actually, is one of the major spirits that helps jumpstart new galaxies uh, for source consciousness. And I know I know you guys believe that Lucifer is like the bad guy and is the same thing as Satan. Lucifer and Satan are not the same thing. They are very different beings. In fact, Satan is not an archangel, and has never been. And Lucifer is. by the way, Lucifer has recently been reinstated. Um, into uh, being the archangel, so just saying. And yeah, and, and Venus does the same thing. Only Venus uh, doesn't always, uh, you know, uh, essentially instead of just bringing light to different planets or like jumpstarting planetary systems, she usually anchors the femininity, um, and that's why she's considered the first torch. So that similarity is essentially the, the not the, the reason they share a name is a nod to the fact that some of their functionality is very similar. I I don't know if we went terribly esoteric just now and if you guys if if I completely lost half of you because of the whole Lucifer (laughs) being the good guy. I didn't say that by the way. I didn't say he was the good guy. Neither did I say he was the bad guy for that matter. Um, But you asked and I have to answer and uh, one shall not tell lies. So (laughs) you got what you asked for. On that note, thank you so much for sticking around, uh, you know, for for the entirety of this episode. Um, I sincerely hope that you take the time to get acquainted with the energies of Venus. She is such a beautiful, gorgeous, stunning celestial teacher, and she can't wait to meet every single one of you. She cannot wait to kind of, like, enclose you in her arms and become one of your guardians, one of your guides, and... You know, it is just my humble hope that you're gonna enjoy your personal experiences with Venus. And do let me know. And um, if you ever, if you're ever compelled to share and give me any feedback on this episode, I'm always happy to receive. And I'm sending you a big virtual hug. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!